Good morning again. Scott asked that I make sure to finish uh, something important. He said that he did notice that right after they became disciples that the Wells did get a new toaster. (laughs) Though I can say that I don't have toasters just sitting around in my basement, so that's not how that happened. But amen. uh, Before we get started, let's go ahead and pray. Let's pray together this morning. Father, I thank you so much for this time. Um, God, I pray that, that truly uh, we can surrender all to you, God. That, that we can let our hearts be at rest and at ease uh, today. That your Holy Spirit be upon us and with us powerfully. Uh, let, us, let us have the fruit of the Spirit in our hearts. Open our minds to your scripture. Be with me as I speak. God, that, that I could be an instrument of your will. Truly to say what you desire to be said. To share what you desire to be shared, Father. Pray that each and every heart can be encouraged, inspired, challenged, um, feel loved and, and cared for today, Father. We give thanks to you and praise to you, our Almighty God, uh, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Pray these things and give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, we're going to start off and uh, we're actually going to just have one scripture that we're going to be mainly sticking in as our source material for the day. So if you have a Bible, turn over to Matthew 20. Turn on your Bibles. Turn to Matthew 20. That's where we're headed. Uh, title of today is The Greatest in the Kingdom. The Greatest in the Kingdom. And I always think this scripture is a little bit funny because you get to see... That even the apostles were just human beings. (laughs) Right? Jesus is king. He is Lord. But to get to see the times where the apostles are just shown to be normal people in so many ways. And so we're going to pick up in verse 20 uh, here. We're going to talk through this. But starting in verse 20 through 28. We'll start here. Jesus has just finished preaching about how he's going to go to Jerusalem, that he's going to die, he's going to be flogged, he's going to be persecuted, betrayed, turned over, killed, and then raised again. And so he just shares about how he's about to be murdered. And then what happens is he gets approached by a couple of his disciples. It says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down asked a favor of him. What is it you want? He asked. She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm about to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. Then the ten heard this. They were indignant with these two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, I see this scripture, and, and so it, I don't know how you guys see this, but when I see this, it's, 
It's interesting to me. Jesus says this, and, and then James and John, these are the two that come to him. And uh, in Mark's Gospel, it talks about it just being James and John. And in Matthew, it talks about how his mom came. Now, there's different reasons why they think that is, is, is whether or not Mark said, you know, it was really just them, or the other saying, well, they had their mom ask for him, but it really was them asking. So what was there, what wasn't. But what's funny to me is I, I look at this, and I see this as them going, Hey, Mom, can you ask Jesus this for us? You know, and you, you kind of have it. Because they don't want to ask it, but it wants to, they want to get it across. And then you have, you know, John is actually the, the, is known to be one of the youngest of all of the apostles. He's a really young guy. So is, James is a pretty young guy as well. And all of his apostles are, are fairly young men. Uh, they're not older guys. But he's saying this, and what inevitably happens? Well... When you have 12 guys, and two of them are trying to vie for this kind of spot, what do you think happens? Right? People get upset. They start getting angry. And, and what were they looking for? I mean, they wanted title. They, they had this selfish ambition, this, this something that they wanted, a position that they felt like was theirs to have. They were two of the Jesus' closest friends. And we see that throughout the scriptures. But... He goes to them, and the guys are upset, and they're, they're angry, and they're, you know, who knows what they're saying to James and John. And then Peter's just like, all right, guys, hold on. Come here. He's like, let me explain this to you. And, you know, then he's, he's talking to them, and he's saying, you know, this is really about, you want to be exalted? You want to be great in the kingdom? You want to be a servant. It's not about a title. It's about service. Right? It's about who is great was he who serves is the one who's great. And, and I, I look at this and, and I, I want to pause and talk about this, this first section for a little bit. But, you know, what is, what's so important to Jesus? You know, service is Jesus' highest priority of leadership. In his own leadership, his service is his highest priority. Now, I don't know about you. I always thought this was a little funny that these two guys show up. And, and here's something that I, I didn't know until this week. Um, I've studied out James and John. I knew they were his best friends. But one thing that I didn't realize, that studying this out, most scholars think that this woman who actually came to Jesus, her name is Salome, is actually Jesus' aunt. And so what does that mean? It actually means that James and John are Jesus' first cousins. I never knew that until this week, and I was studying out, and it's cool when you find these little snippets and, and multiple different commentaries. I was like, no way, when I was reading this. And I, and I spent a lot more time digging into this. And when, when this woman is referenced through many parts of the Gospels, both before the crucifixion and after the resurrection, she's mentioned, she's given this title and label. And, and it makes some sense why... James and John would come to Jesus and go, okay, you're going to be the king, but since we're your cousins, can we have these other positions of authority? Right? And I saw that, and I thought, when I realized that, I was like, okay, that makes a little more sense. But Jesus' whole point is, my kingdom doesn't operate like the world does. This isn't a nepotism thing. You know, I'm not going to just hand it out to my best friends. This is the people who are really altruistic, who are serving, who are selfless, those are the greatest in the kingdom. 
right? You know, Jesus even says, who is my brother and my sister and my mother? He says, those who do the will of my Father in heaven, right? Those who serve. And, and I thought that was so interesting to see this about Jesus. But what I love is even this element of Jesus' humility. What do you see here? Jesus tells these guys, he says, you know what? Even if I could give them to you, he has the authority to. But he says, you know what? They're prepared by my Father. He's already submitting even to the Father's will. And I, and I look at that and I see the humility of Christ, which is amazing. But you know, what does this tell us about our King? What does this tell us about Christ, our King? It tells us, as I said, that service is His pr- highest priority as a leader. You know, serving His people is more important than being served by His people. That's how Jesus' mind works of what it means to be a leader, to be a strong person in his kingdom. You know, when we look at James and John, they're, they're looking for a high position, a guarantee, you know, likely out of a heart of selfish ambition, uh, in order to feel confident. They're looking for something to value themselves, right? Don't we feel valued in an aspect when we receive a title? I mean, if, if you get a title, uh, you know, you, you can move up in your job and different things, but to sometimes getting that title, I, I even heard... Um, Someone shared, me, shared with me today, um, about uh, not today, very recently, about a close family member that took a job with more money but less title and felt uncomfortable because what they wanted was the title. They would have taken the title and less money. And what's greater, you know, in, in that role, like in that person's sorry. And, and I get it. I get it when you see that. But same for ourselves. Do we look for title or do we look for the real value? Right? And what's really valued in God's kingdom? Well, Jesus says that what's really valued is service, is servant leadership, is servant, not just servant leadership, but servant followership. Those who serve are the greatest, right? Those who serve each other, care for each other. You know, Jesus teaches that true value comes from a very different place. And the same goes for us. No matter what our position is in life, school, work, family, relationship status, when we serve others, we are highly valued. We're highly valued to God. And, and isn't that hard to see sometimes? When you think about it, isn't it hard to see like your true value if you're so reflected on, on the wrong things? when we look in the world, but when we look at God's eyes, who we are, we look through heaven's eyes to see the value of ourselves. we're worth so much more than our works or what we have, the money we have and different things. When we look at what, how God sees us. And, and what I love about this church, this is what's awesome. I love this fellowship. Why? Because there are amazing servants in this church. Amazing servants. You know, Jesus is calling us to be servants. I want to encourage us. You guys are incredible. You know, I was, I was thinking about it. He's not in here. Shay was, Shay drove Michael all the way down to Rhode Island and, and then drove himself back just because Michael needed to go to a college visit. And she was like, sure, I'll take you down to Rhode Island. I'll drive all the way down there. Ten hours. He came back. I was like, what? I mean, 
Amen. Like he just jumped at that opportunity to serve. And, and he's great at that. You know, the Slaters who often are frequently amazing hosts and examples of hospitality. Right? Paul, you know, I, I can't share. Paul is amazing. When we bought our house, I called Paul at like 10.30 at night going, I don't know what to do. I just flooded my kitchen. It's pretty much raining in my basement. I'm like standing in my basement and water's just coming down around me. And I'm like, what should I do? And he's, he's like, okay, well, you know, if you have some fans, turn them on, do this, do that. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just stressed. I just bought a house. I've owned it for like maybe 10 days and I just flooded it already. And I'm freaking out. And what happens? It's 10.30 at night. Paul gets out of bed. He goes to work. He picks up some fans from work. He grabs some towels from his house and he comes over at like 11. You know, just to, to set up some fans. And, and I felt so incredibly loved at the moment. I just didn't expect that. But that's the type of servants that, that he is. You know, Teresa coming in and helping us paint the kitchen later after we put things up. You know, and... You know, there's so many examples. Giovanni is an incredible example of a servant with his car all the time to his brothers. He's he's a servant with his time. Incredible. He and Chris come every Sunday morning early, earlier than the song leaders to set up our sound. Right. We have the Hollies do their Tuesday night invite nights so often. And and just for the heart to encourage and share a meal with someone and, and get an opportunity to know them. They're an incredible example of servants in that way. Liz, you know, she came over and brought us some incredible, uh, all these freezer meals. And she's like, oh, I just love doing this. You know, you just buy them. I'll come and make them for you. But you know what? Honestly, so many of you did that for us. You know, after James was born and we're, we're just trying not to fall asleep standing up. And you guys are such amazing servants. This is an incredible church. I'm so proud to be a part of this fellowship because of who you are. That it feels like a family, not like the people who just show up and then we all disappear immediately after, but people who really know each other, love each other, that we are a community. And are we a perfect one? No, because we're imperfect people, right? But guys, we're striving. And I'm so proud of us. And there's so many more examples than the examples that I've shared because there's so many more of you. Right? And that's... We're great in God's kingdom. We are at our greatest when we are acting as the servants of one another. You know, we look at this and and I see it. You know, but maybe you've been serving a lot, right? Maybe you've been serving a lot and you're feeling tired, weary, burnt out. Maybe you feel unrecognized because of the things that you've really been doing and you feel unappreciated for the ways that you've been serving in the background. You know, serving the church, serving your family, serving your household, your roommates, your co-workers, or in some other way that you serve, right? You feel unappreciated. You know, first, I think it's important that all of us should make an opportunity to share our gratitude for each other. More frequently. Let's find opportunities to show our gratitude of when we appreciate each other, to say thank you, to say I appreciate you, I, to look for those things. Because honestly, when we have, and I can get a critical heart, if I'm not looking for it, I don't see it. But when I look for it, it inspires me. 
as I sat and I'm putting this list together. And I'm knowing I could add more names to the list and more things that have been done. I just felt more and more loved and encouraged and inspired by this church. But are we, are we thinking about those things? You know, I just want to thank you if you serve and, and, and how you serve and what you're doing. But let's all of us make an effort to show our gratitude more. Secondly, I'd say this. I want to encourage you, if you feel like you're not being appreciated, that if, that if your service is going unnoticed, if it feels like people don't see it, they might not. But when you serve, you're being like Jesus. You are being like Jesus. Take heart in that. Take heart in the fact that you are like Christ when you serve and people don't notice. Because here's the thing. He was incredibly under, underappreciated, right? Jesus was incredibly underappreciated by so many. And when you feel that way, God sees it. That's the last thing. God sees it all. Matthew 6, when Jesus preaches about serving the poor, He says, But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Right? What's interesting is the apostles, James and John, they wanted their reward. And Jesus is going, guys, your, your, your reward, you're thinking about this wrong. Our reward will be in heaven, ultimately, right? That's ultimately what we want. But when we serve each other as a church, what happens? We lift each other up, right? We lift each other up. You know, science has shown us even that, that serving others, doing good for others, and having that outward perspective actually makes you feel better. And it, it does make others feel better as well. To feel considered, to be considered to be cared for, to be thought of. You know, let's make that effort as we continue to. But, you know, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Sometimes we don't get to see the fruit of our labor. Because the fruit is waiting for us. The reward is waiting for us. But there's other times Jesus said, you will reap a harvest of righteousness if you do not give up. Right? If you do not give up. Maybe we're feeling tired of serving. Maybe you're feeling like, I've been doing this for so long, and it's just hard. Don't give up. You're being like Christ. You are great in God's kingdom when you serve. And, you know, maybe your heart is to serve God, but you've gotten away from it lately. You know, maybe we've, we've stepped a little bit away. You, there, there are times where we forget how good it feels to serve someone else, right? We forget it. But God, I, I want to encourage us, let's not forget it. If you've, if you've strayed away, I want to encourage you, Repent and, and, and just change your mind about it. Return to what you know is good. And, and do what you know is good. Because it, you will be blessed. It's going to happen. You know, encourage you. I encourage you to, to return to it. Acts 20, verse 35. It's better to give than to receive. Romans 12, 10. The NIV put it one way, and, and the ESV and many others put it this way. It says... Outdo each other. 
outdo one another in showing kindness. Or outdo one another in showing honor. What an incredible calling, right? That Jesus is saying. But here we look at these guys and we look at what is Jesus upholding. What is he really calling us to? He's calling us to a life of service. Can we serve, church? Our, let's continue to serve. Let's find new ways to serve. Let's, let's find the ways in, in the little ways of when, when we come to church, making sure that the greetings happen. And, and finding the little ways to, to make the, the phone calls when we miss somebody and, and they're not there. To, to find the little things. Because even the little things matter, right? Let's find those opportunities. And it's a to have the conversations, to give the encouragement, to say thank you. You know, selfish ambition has no place in God's kingdom. If we want to be great disciples, what does Jesus say? He says, be great servants. The challenge is that he actually says, be a slave. Be a slave. If you want to be a great, be a slave. And that's challenging right there. But I'd say this. If it has no place in God's kingdom, when we really are even more so, even more, because we're, this is, like I said, this is an incredible church. Even more so, when we are the servants of each other, not looking for the reward, but just looking for the opportunity to serve. You come to church, what's it going to be like? Looking for the person that looks discouraged. Looking for the person that wasn't there later. Just looking for those opportunities. It's going to be so encouraging. When we come to church to serve each other and not to be served. To be like Jesus. To give our lives as an act of service to each other. As an act of service to Jesus. And loving one another. Does that make sense? Let's be a church that serves, that, that, that gives everything we have. Let's not look for the title. Let's not look for the position. But let's look for how we can serve each other. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah.